SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to our number two of a presumed football Friday here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. We are still one weekend away from Super Bowl 56. Not this Sunday in two days from now, but about eight days from now or so in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. The Cincinnati Bengals on one side making their first trip to the big game since the 1988 campaign. The Rams back for the second time in five years under Sean McVay. And right now the Rams a four-point favorite, the over-under 48 and a hook. We'll get to all of that throughout not only this second hour, but later on into our third and final very happy hour on this football Friday on the morning after. But we have a little bit of downtime away from football. So the focus for the next little bit will be on basketball, both in the NBA and around the association, also in college hoops. A great weekend slate for you to fill that gap without any football. And yes, the Pro Bowl is on Sunday, and the AFC is a one-point favorite right now with a total at 62.5. If you want some Pro Bowl insight, go look back and listen to the early line from this morning here on Sports Grid with Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside. First, let's dive in to the NBA. A great game last night out in Atlanta. The Suns entered on an 11-game winning streak with the best record in the NBA through 50 games at 41-9 straight up. They were facing a Hawks team that got Trey Young back in the lineup last night, and the line worked in Atlanta's favor. They closed as only a three-point dog, and they win outright as a three-point underdog last night at home in Atlanta, knocking off the Phoenix Suns 124-115. Atlanta wins outright as that three-point dog, and the total that was up there at 229 and a hook goes over as well. Atlanta now has won eight of their last nine games. They have covered in every one of those eight wins. Meanwhile, Phoenix has their 11-game win streak snapped. Phoenix had covered in seven of those 11 wins, and they have been favored in nearly every game this year. All but five games has Phoenix been a favorite. Still 25-21 and 21 against the number as a favorite. Devin Booker last night, a great night. 32 points for the Suns to lead Phoenix in scoring, but it was the Trey Young show. 43 points for Trey Young last night against the Phoenix Suns. So Atlanta's still a game below 500. But as we discuss guys like Devin Booker, it's also time to let you know who the All-Star reserves all for the, are for the All-Star game coming up in just a couple of weeks. We got those reserves yesterday. In the East, James Harden, Jason Tatum, Zach Levine, Fred Van Vliet, Jimmy Butler, Chris Middleton, and Darius Garland from the Cleveland Cavaliers. In the Western Conference, Luka Doncic, Chris Paul, who had 18 and 12 last night against the Hawks, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell. You also have Draymond Green, who will not play. We'll talk about that in a minute. And Carl Anthony Towns alongside Rudy Gobert. Let's focus on Fred Van Fleet of the, Dur of the Toronto Raptors, the fourth undrafted player ever 
in NBA history to be named an NBA All-Star. Draymond Green dealing with a back injury for the Dubs right now will not play in the All-Star game, so Commissioner Adam Silver will name his replacement. But those are the seven reserves to the West and the East as named last night. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the second hour of a Friday on the morning after right here on the grid. Sirius XM Channel 159 and all across the Sports Grid Network, our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. I am Ben Stevens going around the association. Some of the action last night in the league and out in L.A., the battle of L.A. between two teams that share the home same arena, that being the Crypto.com arena between the L.A. Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Clippers closed as a three and a half point favorite. They do not cover, but they win a very exciting game against the Lakers. 111, 110 over the Lake Show. A crazy final second sequence where Russell Westbrook threw a alley-oop to Anthony Davis that he hammered home to give the Lakers a one-point lead. Then in the closing seconds of the game, Reggie Jackson on the other side for the Clips comes down, hits the game-winning layup with just a couple of ticks left. Anthony Davis gets the inbounds pass. He has a shot to tie it. It rims out. The Clippers hold on for a 111-110 win. They do not cover as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. In fact, it was their second game straight as a favorite for L.A., not covering in either of those two. But before that, seven straight games as an underdog. The Clippers without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George right now have been booked as a dog many, many times. Meanwhile, for Los Angeles, the fifth game straight without LeBron James in those five games now, one and four straight up, two and three against the spread. The bright spot has been A.D. himself. 30 points for Anthony Davis last night, along with 17 rebounds. One final game to bring you, the Raptors with all-star Fred Van Fleet, winning in overtime last night at home against the Chicago Bulls, 127-120. Toronto now starting to creep their way back into the Eastern Conference race. They've won four straight. They've covered in four straight, covering last night as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. As a favorite this year, the Raptors, 14-9 against the spread, the third-best cover percentage as a favorite in the NBA. The second-best cover record in the NBA as a favorite, the Chicago Bulls at 21-11-1. But as an underdog as they were last night, Chicago just 8-10 and 10 against the spread. They've only been a dog three times in their last eight games. So that was the association from last night. We look forward to a Friday evening in the NBA up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Around the association in the NBA on a Friday evening, right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid network, I am Ben Stevens. A football Friday for sure, and plenty more to bring you about Super Bowl 56 and all the angles of attack you can have for the big game. But we don't have football this weekend, and I know I'm going to keep saying this. The Pro Bowl, yeah, AFC a one-point favorite over under 62.5. That's all I'll say about the Pro Bowl. So the focus is basketball for this upcoming weekend before we get to Super Bowl week. And a great game tonight in the Eastern Conference on a Friday 
in Charlotte that you might look at the teams and be like, great game, Ben? This is not a great game by any means, but I'm telling you, this year it is. The Charlotte Hornets hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers. And right now the buzz, a four-and-a-half-point favorite on FanDuel. The over-under up from 218 and a hook just a couple of hours ago now stands at 220 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. These are two of the top four teams in the NBA from an against-the-spread perspective. Cleveland, the third-best ATS mark at 30-19-3 against the number. Charlotte, right behind them, the fourth-best record at 31-21 ATS. Now, the Cavs have won nine of their last ten games, but the covering Cavs haven't quite been the covering Cavs as of late. Won nine of their last 12, but they've only covered in four of those 12. Why? Because the Cavs are good, and they're starting to get that respect in the marketplace. They've been booked as a favorite now in 16 of their last 20 games, and as a favorite this year, 12-11-2 against the number. Charlotte, meanwhile, only been a favorite in 17 games this year, just 9-8 and eight against the spread, and Charlotte right now will be a 4.5-point favorite tonight at home. Cleveland has the second-best record against the spread as an underdog this year, 18-8-1 ATS. They have also won outright in their last two games as a dog, part of those nine wins in their last 12. They're getting four and a half on the road tonight with recently named All-Star Reserve Darius Garland running that point guard spot. And they probably have the Rookie of the Year in Evan Mobley and maybe an all-star snub in Jarrett Allen as well. Pay attention to those Cleveland Cavaliers and to the Charlotte Hornets and pay attention to both of these teams in the Eastern Conference market. I'm not saying either of these two teams are going to win an Eastern Conference title, but both could very well factor into the postseason push on in the East. Cleveland right now is in fifth place in the Eastern Conference standing. Charlotte just two spots behind in seventh place, but only three games separate these two. In fact, only three and a half games separate the top six spots right now in the Eastern Conference. And as you see there, the Cavs have the sixth best odds to win the East at 27 to 1. What is so remarkable about that price is entering the year, the Cleveland Cavaliers were 210 to 1 to win the Eastern Conference. 27 to 1 now, 210 to 1 before the year even got underway. That was tied for the longest odds in the entire Eastern Conference. Charlotte, 65 to 1 right now, and that's where they remain at plus 6,500, the 10th best odds in the Eastern Conference. Somehow, some way, despite losing six straight games and with the future right now looking rather uncertain, the Brooklyn Nets remain the favorite in the Eastern Conference with a short price at plus 135. Confounds the mind each and every day we bring that up. And the Nets, an underdog on the road tonight out in Salt Lake against the Utah Jazz. A quick check of the line. It's now just five points in favor of Utah. The over-under, 229 and a half. Big news for this game on the side of Utah. Donovan Mitchell expected to be back and able to play in this game. Also named an all-star reserve last night as well as Rudy Gobert. Now, Neither of these teams playing great basketball at the moment. Brooklyn now without Kevin Durant has lost six straight games and they've only covered once in that span. They've been an underdog in five of those six losses. They've been a dog, in fact, in seven of the last nine games and as an underdog this year, as they will be tonight in Utah, just six and six against the spread. 
The Jazz snapped a five-game losing skid the other night on Wednesday against the Denver Nuggets at home, but did not cover as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Prior to that, Utah lost seven of their last 10, 11 of their last 14, and they've only covered twice in that 14-game span I just mentioned. Should help to get Spider back tonight, but from a betting perspective looking at this game, not a game I would want to dive into knowing that Utah has only covered twice in the last 14 and Brooklyn has lost six straight, a lot of those as a dog, and they've only covered once in this recent six-game losing skin. So as we continue to go around the association, out in Texas tonight, a really good game. The Philadelphia 76ers and the Dallas Mavericks. And right now on FanDuel, the Mavs a two-point home favorite against the Philadelphia 76ers who are getting plus 114 on the money line. This line has worked in Dallas's favor earlier this morning. It was at just one point in favor of the Mavericks. Now at two, the over-under stands at 211.5. Philly surprisingly lost on Wednesday night at home to the Wizards as a 10-point favorite. Washington that owns the worst ATS record in the NBA as a 10-point dog to the Sixers, it wasn't even about covering that large double-digit spread. It was about just winning the game outright, and that's what the Wiz were able to do. And it wasn't like Joel Embiid and Tyrus Maxey and Tobias Harris got the night off. JoJo played and performed very well. 27 points, 14 boards for another triple-double on this tremendous tear he has been on as late. The reason he is now the favorite on FanDuel to win the NBA MVP. That also snapped a five-game winning streak for the Philadelphia 76ers and as a favorite this year as they were in that game at home against Washington just 14 and 17 against the numbers but as an underdog a lot better for Philadelphia 12 and 8 ATS meanwhile the Mavericks a favorite tonight 16 13 and 1 against the number as a favorite here's the thing about Philadelphia to know from a trend perspective for this basketball game in their last nine games starting in this nine game span with a non-cover they have alternated between not covering a number to covering in back-to-back games for all of this nine game span they did not cover in fact lost outright against Washington just a couple of nights ago so could this be a bounce back spot for Philadelphia to cover a short two-point spread and potentially sprinkle on the money line at plus 115 and the Mavericks have lost back-to-back games as a favorite as well to the Orlando Magic in the Oklahoma City Thunder what's so interesting about these two teams entering this game right both were favorites in a recent stretch against teams they should have handled and not only did not cover lost those games outright Dallas in back-to-back affairs against Orlando and OKC Philadelphia at home on Wednesday against the Washington Wizards as a double-digit favorite. The Mavericks, by the way, as it pertains to this total, have played five straight overs. Dallas still has the highest under percentage in the NBA at 64%. So the five straight overs for Dallas followed four, uh, followed eight straight unders, rather, for the Mavericks and a streak of 13 of 14 games under for Dallas now a total of 211 in a in a hook that has come down slightly from 212 and a half a line we saw earlier in the day so that's where the Mavericks and the Philadelphia 76ers stand 
entering tonight. Philly's odds to win the East have got a little bit better here as of late as well, down by a dollar from 10 to 1 to 9 to 1 now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, but that plus 900 price was what the number was on Philadelphia entering the year. It was just the third best price ahead of the Miami Heat, who are now ahead of Philadelphia at plus 550. We mentioned the Toronto Raptors on a four-game winning streak and a four-game cover streak. Take it on the Hawks tonight at home up in Toronto. Right now, the Raptors a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The Hawks a two-and-a-half-point underdog. And Atlanta has won eight of their last nine, including snapping Phoenix's 11-game win streak last night. Pro College next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. In this weekend, without any real football, the Pro Bowl, yes, the AFC a one-point favorite, the over-under 62.5. What do we have for you? Not only great NBA action, as we just broke down on this Friday night, but a wonderful Saturday slate in college basketball. And I mean truly wonderful. And we preview all of that right here, right now, on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network. I am Ben Stevens. It's going to be a lot of me, Ben Stevens, over the next 12 minutes or so of this segment. If I need to take a water break, like players going into the late part of a second half in college basketball, please forgive me. But you know where we want to go first to give you all that we need to, all the trends, all the handicapping, all the recap for this weekend in college basketball? The first place we go is the zone. So before we look forward, we look back on a huge game last night out in Tucson, Arizona, in the desert that will and already has decided the top spot currently in the Pac-12 conference. Might it decide who wins the conference crown? We await and see. But a great game last night between number seven, Arizona, and number three, UCLA, who played just last week on a Tuesday night. UCLA won that affair in Westwood, 75-59, Arizona pays the return in their return home against the Bruins last night, 76-66. Arizona winning by 10 points and covering as a seven-point home favorite. It was an Arizona line all day long, and sure enough, they cover that number. In fact, they are 8-1 and one straight up in Pac-12 play now, owning that top spot in the Pac-12 standings and as a favorite which they have been in every of their nine conference games so far five and four ATS in fact both games against UCLA for the Arizona Wildcats the only games out of the nine in Pac-12 play that Arizona has been a single digit favorite five and four against the spread UCLA has only been an underdog three times this year in both games against Arizona and one other time against Gonzaga in non-conference action. UCLA one and two ATS as a dog that won cover and outright win last Tuesday at home 
against Arizona. So how were the Wildcats able to flip the script? Yes, being at home in that wonderful environment in Tucson certainly helped out, but so did the play of their outstanding sophomore guard, Kirk Risa, who was 0 for 12 with a goose egg in the point column last week against the Bruins and then also struggled against Arizona State over the weekend. Kirk Risa was able to play a much better game last night. Three of 10 from deep, but led all scores in the game with 16 points. So that was a huge way for Arizona to get their revenge against UCLA, win by 10 and cover a seven point spread. So now as we put that all into perspective, because it's a huge game, the season series now in the regular season between Arizona and UCLA is done. And this could be about tiebreakers and that advantage as we look for who will claim the Pac-12 regular season crown. And as you look at those title odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook, Arizona now a favorite once again at minus 110. Only a couple of cents ahead of UCLA, who has the second best price at plus 110. But Arizona last night entering the game was plus 120, the second best odds in the Pac-12. UCLA was the odds-on favorite at minus 125. In fact, both of the games played in this nine-day span between the Wildcats and the Bruins have flipped who was the favored side to win the Pac-12 because entering last week's game, the first meeting between Arizona and UCLA this year, it was Arizona as an even money plus 100 favorite to win the Pac-12. UCLA behind them at plus 165. Let's show those Pac-12 odds again because I do want to make two more points here. It does look to be a two-team race at the top. Arizona minus 110, UCLA plus 110, and then there's a consistent and pretty far drop-off to USC with the third best price at 15 to 1. Let's also pay attention to Oregon, the fourth best odds at 30 to 1. As is the case for the Oregon Ducks nearly every year under Dana Altman, Oregon just gets better and better as the year goes on. So 30 to 1 to win the conference. I'm not saying they're going to win the Pac 12. In fact, they lost their first two Pac 12 games, but now they've won eight of their last nine and overall in conference. Oregon is seven and three. They have also covered in six of those eight wins and in each of their last five wins. Oregon covering on the road as a two-point road favorite in a big win against Colorado last night. Just keep an eye on the Oregon Ducks. Maybe not going to win the Pac-12 outright, but will certainly be a team trending in a positive direction to make the NCAA tournament a top 15 team entering the year who might be making some noise as we are in February, the home stretch of the regular season, into March as well. So a big, big weekend in college basketball awaits. And of course, it begins, or doesn't begin, but it the focus is on Coach K's final trip to Chapel Hill to take on North Carolina. Duke UNC, tomorrow night in primetime, 6 p.m. Eastern from the Dean Dome in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So as we look at the ACC odds right now, we can start to paint a picture for this game and the trends that you need to know. In college basketball, odds don't really come out for the game until about 24 hours prior. So there's not a game spread up for Duke and UNC yet on the FanDuel Sportsbook. But the Blue Devils, as you can see, a very strong favorite in minus money category to win the ACC at minus 290. Even better odds than where they were earlier in the week at minus 
190. Notre Dame now behind Duke with the second best price at plus 900. And then there in the third spot, UNC at plus 950. Now, as we look at these teams, we do not have a spread out for this game, but you have heard me mention time and again Kenneth Pomeroy, the smartest mind in all of college basketball. And if you follow college hoops at all, you know that Ken Palm is a huge factor of how predictions and thus lines go the lines and the odds that Ken Palm sets his score prediction look very similar to the overall game spreads and totals that we see for any given college basketball game and Ken Palm right now predicts Duke will win on the road in Chapel Hill 76-73 Duke has won four straight games they have covered in three of their last four they have been a favorite in every conference game this year in the ACC now six and four against the spread. Duke has won four straight. They have covered in three of their last four. UNCC has won four straight. They have covered in three of their last four, and they have been favored in every one of those games. We can expect UNC to maybe be a slight and very slight home underdog tomorrow night. I'm talking a point and a half, two points at home against Duke. North Carolina over in four of their last five games. Duke has played an under in four straight. All four of those straight games have been a win and then under in seven of the last nine for the Dukies as well. And of course, the grandiose picture of it all, Coach Mike Krzyzewski making his final trip to Chapel Hill in the famed Duke-North Carolina rivalry. That happens tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern. But it's just one of a litany of great basketball games we have in that afternoon window tomorrow on a Saturday into the early evening hours. And we have a great one in the Big 12 Conference. Let's look at those Big 12 title odds right now because it features a matchup of the two shortest prices on this board. Kansas, number 10 in the country, taking on Baylor, number six in the country. Kansas, the favorite to win the Big 12 right now at plus 120. The Baylor Bears right behind them at plus 170. They play each other tomorrow in Lawrence, Kansas at Fog Allen Fieldhouse on a Saturday afternoon. KU, again, according to Ken Palm, predicted to win this game just barely 76-75. It will be a very, very short spread for tomorrow at Fog Allen. Now, Kansas bounced back as we expected them to do after getting drubbed by Kentucky last Saturday. Kansas back, ba bounced back in the midweek against Iowa State on the road in Ames, winning 70-61, to 61, covering as a slight one-and-a-half-point road favorite. The reason they were only favored by a point-and-a-half is because Ochai Abaji, one of the best players in the country, probably the Big 12 player of the year for Kansas, he missed that game due to COVID-19. Might he be back for tomorrow against Baylor? That will be a huge thing to pay attention to. So, Kansas has only covered in two of their last eight games. That win and cover against Iowa State on Tuesday night snapped a four-game non-cover skid. Kansas has been favored in every game, as has Baylor this year. And Baylor, after losing on the road in Tuscaloosa this weekend to Alabama, needed everything that they could get in a game at home earlier this week against West Virginia, coming back late in that second half to beat the Mountaineers, but did not cover as a 12-point favor. In fact, Baylor has only covered four times in their last 11 games. You can expect a relatively high total tomorrow as the Jayhawks are the third most efficient offense in the country. Uh, the, the Baylor Bears are the fifth most efficient 
offense in the country. Quickly, a battle in the Big East on this Friday night. Creighton on the road in New Jersey against Seton Hall. The Pirates a six-point favorite right now on FanDuel. The over-under, 136. After starting off the year, Seton Hall 9-1 and one straight up. Seton Hall now just 4-6 and six in conference play, and they've only covered twice in 10 Big East games. CU, meanwhile, 5-4 and four in Big East play. They've been a dog in six of their last nine, four and two against the spread in those six games as an underdog. They've won outright in three. Enough of just me talking. We bring in our Sportsbook Conciliary next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Not Super Bowl Sunday this upcoming Sunday, but Super Bowl week in its entirety is right on the horizon. This is the morning after a football Friday right here on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid network, I am Ben Stevens. So as Super Bowl week is on the horizon, for the big game, we need big advice. For the Super Bowl we need our Super Bowl Sportsbook Conciliary. So now we welcome on Dave Sharapan to help us make sense of the early numbers for Super Bowl 50 sticks, still over a week out, and where we can find some of those advantages against the book. Dave, wearing your Rams hat, nighttime in Pittsburgh, ready to go early on this Friday morning out in Vegas. We are glad to have you here on TMA once again. Good morning, sir. Uh, always good to see you. Always good to be here. Yes, nighttime in Pittsburgh behind me. Early morning in Vegas and getting ready to uh, head to L.A. Going to do a little hanging out. Oof. Bring the sticks. Might get out and play nine, just so you know. Yeah, you might have time to get out and play nine. I don't got time to get out and play nine. We're going to be busy out there, Sheriff Hand. Come on. It's going to be very, very nice weather, though, however. Super Bowl 56, Dave. As we look at it, the team on your head right now, the Rams are a favorite as the away team, but in their home stadium. Now the line back down to just four in favor of Los Angeles, the over under 48 and a half. Dave, you were on this show on Monday morning. The line opened up in LA's favor at three and a half. The Rams took some money. The line worked up to four, past four to four and a hook. Now back down to four what do you make of the line movement early on in the week prior to super bowl week uh this is typical this is right you know where it's supposed to be and i thought the resistance might come at five and it might get to five and it came at four and a half in some places there's still a lot of four and a halfs out there so not surprised at all um the total found the number pretty quickly and it sat there and is still sitting there and I don't know how much more movement we're going to see until the weekend of the game on that. Now, I think, yeah. I think we may have found that number, but yeah, man, um, this is just, this is, this is the week between the, the Super Bowl, which is always interesting because it's a lot of, um, I don't know what kind of, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, a, you know, some people may be taking an early stance. Some people just maybe just, Getting it done early, which, again, yeah. some people like to do. But 80% of the money, I would say, 
maybe even a little bit more. She's still yet to come on this football game. So, Dave, in the risk room, in the sportsbook perspective, in this interim week, if you will, what were you guys monitoring the most as it pertained to those Super Bowl numbers? Big Ten basketball. That's what we were monitoring. No, we were monitoring. <laughs> I mean, this is time. this is when we we had the time to catch up on college basketball, some NBA, you know, tighten up. But like, I mean, myself, it was always the cross sport props. This was always like the props became the focus in the past really five to seven years. Um, the game is easy. You just put the number up and it kind of sits there. So you're really focused on trying to find either unique props, unique ideas, or find where you kind of stand in the market with your numbers and who's betting what to try to really get those things razor sharp by Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. when people would really start to come to town, to Vegas, and uh, start to really fire on those props. It was time... This week was used to kind of gather yourself, get some rest, kind of explain to the wife and kids, look, this next week's going to be really busy. I might not be around for pick up and drop off at school, things like that, because we got we got to get to work. This, this is this is it, man. This is the week. It's the last week of football. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Certainly so. And, Dave, a lot of the focus in the Super Bowl is how many different varieties you have, the full buffet of sorts that can often be overwhelming. And as you look at some of these Super Bowl props, in your experience, how much action happens on the props versus just the game spread in total overall? It's crazy, Bennett. It used to be uh, probably 10%, 20% of the handle overall for the Super Bowl. In some books, it's eclipsed it. It's, it's, it's more than 50% of the handle. There's more handle on the props overall than there are on side total in game, unless you get that bad guy to come in and place that half a million dollar bet, million dollar bet. You're going to see it now. I mean, we saw it already. The Mattress Mac guy played his bet, um, yep. you know, $4 million, something, whatever it was, on the game. So if you take that, then it's hard, you know, to say you're going to take more bets on the props. But, I mean, who isn't going to have a Cooper Cup prop this weekend? Who isn't going to have a Joe Burrow prop this weekend, you know, when, when the game comes? I mean, we're going we're gonna to talk about it all week here. We're going to hear about it all, all over the place. I mean, I'm wearing yep. the sunglasses. I've been wearing the sunglasses for two weeks for Joe Burrow. Can't wear them today. Yeah. His producer, Johnny, picked my hat, but he said no glasses. So strict rules, but that's fine. I abide by the rules. A lot of people are going to have action on all of this prop stuff. And I don't blame yeah. them. A lot. I mean, you can see it's fun. You can specialize. You can just pick your guy. And then think about this. All of these props, all these things we're going to have, the number one prop every single year, for the most part, is either the coin flip or the Super Bowl MVP. That's the biggest two yeah. markets because everybody can bet those. You don't need to have any analytics. You don't need to have even watched the game. You can just pick your guy, and then you have action. And there you go. And that will be certainly what we have in the week leading up to this. And, Dave, early on in the show with our good pal, our good mutual friend, Mike Blewett, we ran the triple option. And we do something interesting here this week as opposed to other weeks in the past where we looked at things you can bet on 
for Super Bowl 56 that you can't any given Sunday or any given NFL weekend. So we had things like Matthew Stafford's first passing attempt. Will it be a completion or incompletion versus interception? And all of those interesting props. When you see the gamut that we have, how do you advise the casual sports better to try to decipher what is actually a good bet? Oh, man, this is this is the most subjective event of the entire sports calendar. There's no specific way to do it. I, I, I tell people to not get too um, – I said it the other day, it's like going to the grocery store hungry when you, when you look yeah. at this menu, right? You can go crazy and over-order and overeat, and then afterward you're left feeling a little bit sick because you got too much stuff. So I tell people all the time, if, I mean, like the natural kind of progression of things is if you like a team like you like the Rams, that means you probably like some of their props. So focus in on them. So the Cooper Cups and the Cam Akers and OBJ, Stafford, you know, you're going to probably go over. If you like, you know, the Bengals, you probably want to focus on them and find a couple, you know, numbers that maybe appeal to you but also go against like nobody likes to bet the under except right. the bad guys and the wise guys. If you think the game is going to play to the under, you can find some really good bets on props that are unders, but then you got to sit there and root for nothing to happen in the game. And nobody likes to do that. That's, that's one of those things that, you know, you can tell people what good bets are. They're not going to bet them anyway. So, Dave, when you look at the various options that we have, as our production team has this graphic for Super Bowl specials, we have the five shortest options up there, but all five in plus money. The shortest price, Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup, to combine for 200 or more receiving yards, and then the list wow. goes on and so forth. So how much of the betting handle is paid to these type of special props for a one-time event like the Super Bowl? Oh, those are interesting. Um, chasing Cup to combine for 200-plus receiving yards. That one seems almost too easy. Um, I like mm. that. No, these are fun. Five plus 115. Right. That's good. It's still plus money. You're looking for plus money as, as much as you can, but it's okay to, to, to play things that are minus. Don't, don't get caught up in that, oh, I can't lay juice, so it's not a good bet. No, sometimes those are the best bets. I've seen the sharpest guys in the world – bet that there will not be a safety in the Super Bowl and lay 1,400, 900, you know, 9 to 1 they're laying because it's very unlikely to happen. When it happens, it hurts. That, those leave a mark. But these specials are fun. These are um, – how much handle? I'm going to say not much. You know, not – I mean, enough to move the needle for Fandle, I'm mm. sure, but not enough – these get pretty specific, right? These are for yeah. football fans. These are this, this isn't for mostly the casual fan. I think you got to kind of get them a little more, you know, deeper involved to to go, you know, either Mixon or Acres to have a hundred rushing yards. Though that those are fantasy players' props, basically. And don't get me wrong, fantasy players and and prop players are one and the same. So. These will do a lot of handle, um, but I'm always thinking of the props like that, you know, your mom would want to do. 
or you know my 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 mother-in-law would want to do like oh this is fun those appeal to everybody so if we can get them involved those are the props that, that usually do the most hand there's so many variety of options here for the super bowl not just even in the prop market but again like how the game could play out so we have things like winning margin where you have the rams to win by one to 13 points or the rams to win by two touchdowns or or more how do you evaluate that market is it a sharp area to look um i think there's a lot of value there in, in the ones that are like least likely to happen so if you think blowout los angeles rams 14 plus points is plus 240 right there on that graphic i mean plus 240 on a blowout is, is pretty good. Um, yep. Cincy on the money line here, 1-13. to 13, That's probably the likeliest scenario for them to win. But if you want to take right. a shot at a blowout for them, 14-plus points, 8-1? to one? Wow. Um, I don't know. Again, there's so many things and so many opinions that I don't know if there's a particular, like, sharp market. I was with some really sharp guys last night at the Westgate. And, I mean, they like to use my line. Nobody knows Squadoosh. They're like, this is a perfect example of all this. There's a huge amount of stuff. Everybody's looking at the same stuff. Everybody's looking at different stuff. It all matters at the end whether it cashes or not. So I think you can find value in a lot of different markets. Mm. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. At the end of the day, you might think you have a great bet on an option that not many people are going to look at, but if it misses, it misses. CLV is only a thing if the ticket cashes, Dave Sherapan, as you know very well. How did that go last I night mean, with that basketball game? I'll see you in Los Angeles, Dave. Our Super Bowl sportsbook <laughs> conciliary, Dave Sherapan. It did not work out, Dave. That's why I said it. Hey, I, our Super Bowl Sportsbook Conciliary, Dave Sherapan. We will be together next week for SportsGrid Super Bowl coverage live on Radio Row. Dave, until we get to L.A., safe travels, my friend. Drinks on me, buddy. I'll see you there. Oh, I'll take you up on that. We round out hour two next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our number two of the morning after on a Friday right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network, I am Ben Stevens. Still one weekend away until we get to Super Bowl week and Super Bowl 56. But in the interim, what a Saturday slate we have for you in college basketball. And as we round out every second hour of every Friday show entering your weekend, we give you... The Jack Weinberger Handicap of the Week. The Jack Cap for college basketball this weekend. Our former intern on this show, now associate producer for the Spiz Grizz. Jack Weinberger Handicaps games only like Jack can. And for this weekend's cap, he's looking at the Big Ten Conference. A matchup between Indiana and Illinois at home for the Hoosiers in Bloomington inside Assembly Hall. So here is the cap from Jack as he has presented it to me. He said that he had a nice day off yesterday, 
Slept in a bit. Eventually came downstairs at around noon. Yeah, that might be nice, Jack, coming around in around noon. But he made himself a grilled cheese. A grilled cheese sandwich, in fact, on Wonder Bread. Far and away the best bread of all time, says Jack. Far and away, if sandwiches are not made on Wonder Bread, they should not be even eaten. So Wonder Bread, a big staple of the Weinberger household. Turns out that Wonder Bread was invented in 19... 19- 21 by the Taggart Banking Company in the state of Indiana. So because of that, Jack says, give me the Hoosiers on the money line in Assembly Hall to win over Illinois. And he followed it with this 100 emoji, money bag emoji, lock of a lifetime. Heyo, Jack Weinberger, confident in IU with a home victory over Illinois tomorrow. Ken Palm predicts Indiana to win by one. I'm not so sure there'll be a favorite pregame, but will be a very short spread nonetheless. Wonder Bread leading Jack Weinberger to back in the Hoosiers against the Illini tomorrow. Hour number three, a very happy hour on this Friday. Up next here on The Grid.